Regarding Malcolm Turnbull's response to the Parramatta shooting, there has been a lot of praise for uh, his response. Uh, Dr. Jamal Rifi, an Australian Lebanese Muslim GP, has praised it as a quantum leap from the previous approach of the Abbott government. And actually, a lot of the criticism I've seen of Turnbull's response has actually been from the right wing. I've noticed Andrew Bolt and others, for example, have criticise his response for avoiding the term Islamic terrorism instead using the word politically motivated terrorism. So, yeah, I was wondering, do you have any responses? I know you were uh, critical in a way of his response, but do you think this is a, an improvement, at least from the Abbott government's response, or what the response would have most likely been if Abbott was still in power? Well, first I just wanted to say, I think uh, I think there's very little evidence that Jamal Rizzi, uh represents anyone in the Muslim community. And I think... Um, when the Murdoch press and uh, right-wing politicians embrace someone who's um, Muslim or Aboriginal or whatever, it's usually one who's uh, managed to sell themselves to their interests rather than someone who actually does have uh, any broader uh, constituency uh, to actually speak for. So I'm very careful about taking the word of someone like Jamal Rifi. Um, so far as I know, uh, I haven't looked into it, but I doubt he, he actually criticized Tony Abbott when Tony Abbott was the prime minister. As for Malcolm Turnbull's uh, rhetoric, um, look, I, I predicted uh, in an article I wrote uh, within a few days of Malcolm Turnbull becoming prime minister that uh, he would avoid the more egregious forms of bigotry and racism uh, that were kind of a, the trademark of Tony Abbott, especially as um, he battled with plunging polls and unpopularity and um, you know, the disastrous first budget and so on. Um, so I, I thought it was predictable uh, before he, when he was just in opposition, he went on Q&A and uh, he spoke. He was actually sitting next to a young Muslim woman uh, in a uh, hijab and uh, he spoke very eloquently about all the contributions of um, uh, Muslims to things like science and mathematics. Um, I mean, not all of them, but some of their contributions. Um, so he's not an idiot and he's not anti-Muslim in the sense of having personal biases. And so, in a sense, he has moved away from some of the more egregious uh, rhetoric of Tony Abbott. At the same time, uh, I think a lot of the framework of um, the war on terrorism, even if it's not called that anymore, uh, essentially does target the Muslim community. And uh, whilst he's talked about a partnership uh, with the Muslim community, I think it's very unlikely that's going to actually happen in uh, practice. And, yeah, I have heard, actually, uh, just recently, Parramatta Mosque Chairman Neil L. Kadomi has told worshippers that if you don't like Australia, leave during his first sermon since the Parramatta shooting. So, yeah, I guess when the media does draw on certain figures, it kind of supports uh, the government narrative away, or in a way, or this almost sounds like something that could come from a, rally, a slogan from Reclaim Australia almost. But, yeah, um, I was wondering also if you want to touch on what, one thing I've thought about in relation to this is the problematic idea of the, the Muslim community, as in we've heard from the Muslim community it kind of assumes a monolith. And as you say, we can get, you know, one Muslim person who you know, is supporting the government's narrative, but it doesn't necessarily obviously represent all Muslims. I mean, in terms of uh, the uh, gentleman from Parramatta Ross Mosque, uh, I imagine that he's come under a, a pretty immense amount of pressure. Uh, I've heard there's been media camping out of the mosque. Uh, the police have been uh, trawling through it, looking through their footage. Uh, there's been uh, the Daily Telegraph, you know, with its standard kind of um, level of media coverage, you know, obsessing about, you know, the gunman went to the mosque, he was at the mosque, he was at the mosque the day of the shooting. 
uh, the allegation that he got his gun at the mosque. Um, and so I think that he's probably come under an immense amount of pressure. There was also uh, footage of him uh, kicking at uh, someone from the media who was trying to film him. Uh, we don't have the backstory, but uh, I imagine it probably came at the end of a lot of um, provocation. And so I think that what's happened is that this guy, you know, I don't know his politics, but I think he's probably been pressured to show you how Team Australia he is, you know, in order to keep his job and to maybe try to minimize the amount of pressure that um, he's getting from various sectors at this point in time. Um, as for the broader Muslim community, I think that uh, there tends to be a division uh, in the media and uh, a lot of political discourse into the sense that there are moderate Muslims and there are radical Muslims. And the radicals are the bad guys, and the moderates um, are basically people who uh, say nice things about Australia, who don't uh, challenge our foreign policy, who don't challenge our laws on uh, so-called uh, terrorism, and uh, so on and so forth. And so I think that uh, there's very much a sense of the media searching out people who won't say things that are too menacing, uh, and uh, they kind of have a rent a quote crowd where you know they search for people who will say what they want them to say uh, on cue, but don't really listen to the, what they have to say about other things. Um, and um, for Muslims who are so inclined, uh, if you want to make a lucrative career, you can uh, always just say how backwards Muslims are, how you're one of the good ones, and how Muslims need to get Western values, and then you know you'll be embraced as being really brave and courageous and. Um, you can kind of track people like um, Irshad Manji and Ayan Hoshiali, and um, uh, the list is pretty extensive. Um, some of the people who have written about it are um, uh, Lulu Abu Gulugaj and um, someone called Hamid Dabashi, who wrote about what he called native informers. Um, so there's a pretty long tradition of um, Muslims kind of posing as experts on how backwards Muslims are. And um, from a career point of view, it's pretty lucrative. Um, there are Muslims who I think... Uh, are worth listening to and uh, who are independent of the government. Uh, one person who I know who writes sometimes for New Matilda and elsewhere is um, Randa Abdul Fatah, who um, I think is very intelligent and uh, I always listen quite equally to what she has to say. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but uh, Mariam Vaza there uh, is uh, quite eloquent. Uh, she's a lawyer, I, uh, I think. So, so there are voices worth listening to. I just think that, you know, when Muslims do speak out, it's very quickly taken to, you know, if they're critical of the Australian government, there's a question, are they supporting terrorism and so on. Uh, and I think the classic example of this is Hizbat Tahrir, um, which, you know, I think is uh, a reactionary Islamist organization that's, because it uses a lot of radical rhetoric in terms of challenging uh, racism against Muslims and so on, I think that, uh, their following would probably grow from that because each time uh, there's this onslaught against Muslims and uh, raids of hundreds of cops in Muslim neighborhoods, uh, Hizbat Tahrir uh, offers a kind of forthright and dignified defense of their communities, whereas Muslim, so-called Muslim leaders say, you know, they tend to just say to join Team Australia. Yeah, I, I really love uh, Rand Abdel Fattah's work, and yeah, I definitely follow that on uh, New Matilda and elsewhere as well. And she wrote after the Sydney siege, she asked whether Australian Muslims will be entitled to grieve the deaths of the two hostages and the trauma suffered by the survivors in a way that does not make their empathy and grief contingent on condemning, apologising and distancing themselves from the gunmen. 
And yeah, I, I think in regards to Malcolm Turnbull's response, I think he's definitely not asking Muslim people to apologise for it. There again, maybe a bit of an improvement from the Abbott response, but yeah, looking at the sort of the the narrative around terrorism from other events, there was the. Charleston shooting where we had a white supremacist shooter kill uh, nine African-American people and generally this this uh, he was just labeled as a mentally ill you know lone wolf just one hateful person whereas um, Anthea Butler argues that violence by Muslim people is seen as systemic demanding response and action for all those who share their race uh, or sorry their religion and so yeah in that case you know even though Turnbull's response might be a bit more inclusive in terms of not, not all Muslims do this the fact that he was straight on to the phone in the uh, to Muslim leaders and and these kind of things you know show that the different responses in this is a response that the whole it's a response for all Muslim people rather than if they were a white shooter who wasn't Muslim would probably be more an individualized response well, of well can I just take up this point yeah go ahead um, so so Turnbull um, he did say in his opening speech or remarks or whatever on um, the shooting uh, he repeatedly said we shouldn't vilify Muslims we shouldn't blame the Muslim community for this. Uh, and uh, that was good. Uh, on the other hand, there, there is a sense in what he says and has been saying that uh, when he says something like Muslims are the frontline defense against acts like this, um, there's kind of an expectation that it's the duty of Muslims to police each other and that it's their responsibility to stop this kind of thing. And uh, the sense in which the onus is on Muslims, he's not really saying Muslims have to prove their loyalty in the way that Tony Abbott did, but it's still kind of conceptually a similar framework where um, Muslims have to police their own, Muslims have to watch out on their own. Uh, if Muslims radicalize, it's the responsibility of Muslims to stop that. In, and um, we don't really say to other communities, it's your job to prevent this or that crime from happening because we accept it in every community. There will be cranks and fanatics and people who do horrible things. Um, and we don't really kind of put the blame on them or look at them in that way. You know, if, if a Catholic uh, priest or whatever molests a kid, we don't say, well, where was the, Muslim, where was the Catholic community uh, to prevent this from happening? It was their job to do that. Um, you know, and uh, I think one of the points that I made in the article that I wrote is, uh, you know, I think there were a lot of stupid things in the radicalization paper, but I think if you had a closer look at it, uh, he might have an idea of some things that uh, he should be doing rather than uh, the Muslim community. Yeah, I think that would be a good point to finish off on. Actually, I really like that point in your article, which everyone should check out at newmatilda.com, uh, the way in which yeah, Turnbull referenced the government's uh, de-radicalisation programs and... Yeah, you said it's a good time to recall the paper his own minister assisting the Prime Minister on counterterrorism produced on radicalisation. And yeah, do you want to talk about some of these steps, which again, this comes from you know, the government's own programs on how they can reduce this kind of thing, which uh, is maybe a bit different to the kind of responses we've been discussing so far? Um, okay, so the de-radicalisation paper, you know, the headline said it was in def- I was writing in defence of it, which... My reaction was actually a lot more ambivalent. There were a lot of pretty inane things in it, like uh, if a person is viewing a lot of violent extremist content, they might be radicalizing. You know, it was just, you know, they have no idea. Um, But there was one thing in the the paper which I think was quite interesting and worth paying attention to. So it says, uh, the following things can push someone to the path of radicalization. And uh, some of them were you know, kind of banal things like that the government can't protect, like personal crisis, uh, family dramas, and so on, uh, which the government has no role in addressing. 
On the other hand, other things that can uh, push someone onto radicalization are feelings of unfairness and harassment, uh, discrimination, uh, and things that affect their community overseas. Uh, so, uh, if you're a Muslim or an Arab, you may say things like um, uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which may not affect, you know, you may not be a Palestinian, but many Arabs and Muslims regard that as something that's affecting their community. Uh, it may be the massacres of um, unarmed protesters in Egypt, uh, which Tony Abbott has actually uh, enthusiastically supported. Uh, it could be the bombing of Gaza, which Malcolm Turnbull uh, very, very strongly backed, and has uh, generally backed Israel quite strongly. Uh, there is uh, a new war on Iraq and Syria, uh, or even a report in the Australian about how often uh, Muslim kids are being harassed in Western Sydney by the police. You know, that's the kind of thing that makes people feel alienated, that uh, makes them angry, and um, most people don't respond to police harassment by uh, becoming sympathetic to radical jihadists, but uh, evidently some might. And um, if the government does want to partner with the Muslim community, uh, one thing that they could consider doing is actually looking at um, the very legitimate Muslim grievances uh, that many uh, have. Thanks so much for your time. Just to give you a chance at the end, anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? Or I know you run write for a bunch of websites. If there's any websites you want to uh, encourage listeners to look into? Well, New Matilda has pretty amazing coverage. Uh, and uh, I think my boss would be happy if you checked it out. I guess just keep an eye out for... Uh, Runs after Fata, Maryam, Bezadeh. And uh, more generally, just try to keep an eye on Muslims who aren't uh, considered leaders by the government, and uh, you might learn something.